Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Welcome to another week. How are you doing? I love that I ask that question so often and so rarely do you respond. <laughs> I don't know actually, you might be responding right now again. I respond every single time. Um, so I'm so sorry for those of you that I have just offended with that. <laughs> um, so this week's episode, um, you can't save them all. Interesting one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, this this is actually following a couple of things that have happened to me on the Twitter this week, um, and sort of giving me food for thought um, and an opportunity to think about some things that you might be thinking about as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's been lots lots going on, which you know I can I'm going to talk you through and sort of share how I cope with that and how I manage that, um, and it it might help you along your journey too. Who knows? Let us see. Um, those of you interested in the old background noises. Um, I'm bringing you along for the journey to make dinner with me tonight. Um, I am making a, uh, well, I'm going to make a chili con carne, but I will then turn that into burritos if I'm being brutally honest, because, well, let's face it, any food in a wrap is pretty outstanding, right? Yeah, you agree, right? I hear you. Um, So join me. As we move to Mexico, <laughs> we make chili con carne into burritos. Um, and uh, yeah, so all of the background noises, they're just for you. Um, so, what's been going on, I hear you ask. Get to the point, I hear you scream. Um, so, on Twitter, I've had a couple of um, direct messages this this week and they've led me into sort of the conversation of you know can you help everyone should you help everyone um and it's it's been an interesting one and i i've had to do some sort of personal reflection as well so i'm gonna jump in with the it's a really weird one. I, I was about to say the, the harder one, but when you hear the other one, I don't necessarily agree. So the first one. Um, on on our Twitter page, I've been looking to expand our sort of following um, and people that I follow and pages that I interact with and all things like that. And... There's a new feature on, huh, I say a new feature, oh my goodness, you guys know me, you know how dreadful I am at this. This is probably a feature that's been around since Twitter begun. Um, <laughs> I have discovered a new feature on Twitter, whereby um, if you like or follow a particular person, it then sort of pings up a, a response and goes, oh, if you like this person, you'll probably want to follow these these nine others. 
you can automatically just follow these nine people. So me in, in my sort of push to boost boost our name, I was like, of course, this sounds fantastic. Minimal effort for maximum results. Every gym goer's dream, right? <laughs> so I click in and, and I did that. So over the course of the weekend, I've expanded my repertoire, expanded who I'm speaking to. Fantastic. Um, and that was all, all going fine. Um, you know, had some interesting conversations, um, interesting developments. Brilliant. Um, through this, however, I liked, clearly liked a particular page or person. Um, and later on that day, I got a direct message from them. And their their message to me read, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it verbatim, um, just just so as you can see how how this conversation started. Um, the question was, why did you follow me? That is how it was written. Um, for some reason. I can't say why, but for some reason, this question kind of put me on edge. Um, it made me worried that perhaps I'd followed a sort of a person that shouldn't have, or that wasn't actually interested in the world of adoption. Um, I'll be honest, um, their profile, I won't say where it all is, but their profile starts with the word baby. Um, and it, it then made me really concerned that perhaps I'd followed a page of um, someone who was underage or something like that. And I thought, oh, uh, what, what's happened here? Um, when I clicked into the actual profile, it transpired that this person um, was an adoptee. So I thought, oh, perhaps I was... Perhaps I was worried for nothing. Um, maybe I didn't need to sort of get as as concerned. So I went back with, as I'm hoping you would imagine, a very polite and positive response, and said, "Hey, um, this is my page. This is what I do. Um, I'm always looking to follow new new pages or new people that can help me on my journey and indeed help my listeners on theirs." Um, I see that you've got a connection with the world of, of adoption. You came up as a recommendation. That's why I followed you. Um, now the response. Now I, I'm going to let you know what then followed was a little bit of a difficult conversation. Okay, so if I if I say trigger warning just so as you know, okay? This person then responded and said, um, effectively, adoption ruined my life. I was adopted a number of years ago um, and the whole process has ruined my life. Um... Now that really upset me. 
it's not the first time I've heard those comments. Um, but any time I do hear them, it really upsets me. Um, so I kind of, I went back and, and this person and I then sort of engaged back and forth. And I, I started off really sympathetic and said, you know, oh, or I, what I was hoping was being quite sympathetic and explaining, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, you know, you've, you've said that it was quite some time ago. I'm hoping that the world of adoption has changed, but I know it's not perfect. There's lots that needs to be done. Um, I, I hope you're able to sort of access any support that might be sort of um, good for you. I'm in this process because we wanted to be a family and offer a home to a child that needed one. The, the response that then came back, it, excuse me, Pepper's coming out. Um, the response that then came back, it was really aggressive. Um, it, it moved into sort of talking about how I'm part of the problem and how I just wanted to adopt a child just to suit my needs and fit my criteria and that I wasn't really thinking about this child. So at this, at this point I was talking to dad um, and explaining sort of some of the things that was going on and he, he sort of initially said, well, you see, this is why I'm not on social media. Um, you know, everyone's just looking for a, an argument or an upset. It's just easier to stay off of it. And whilst I understand and I do really hear what you're saying, as part of the work that I do, I kind of need to have social media as a presence to help continue to boost the podcast. And said to me, in addition to that, it helps me to connect with my listeners and it helps me to understand what listeners want to hear about more. I said, so for me, I'm afraid I need to be on it. I said, now as well, what I have to accept is that I have a degree, however small, I have a degree of responsibility when it comes to my responses to anyone and everyone. Um, Dad sort of said, you know, why? Because, you know, as much as my, the responses are my own and every single time I comment here, it's me. Um, I'm not acting as an organisation. It is, it is just me. Um, but I'm, I'm speaking to a number of different adopters and adoptees um, I'm in a position whereby I do a lot of work to support the world of adoption. So actually, I consider myself a little bit accountable. I think we should all be accountable for what we say anyway, but I hold myself to account 
um, in that regard. So I said that I needed to be quite careful about how I responded to, to this person. So what I decided to do was try to use a, I'm going to say a placid approach. You know, I said sort of, I continued with the, hey, really sort of, sorry that you are in this place. I don't know any of your circumstances. I don't know your story. So I wouldn't dream of commenting on what went right and what went wrong. I'm just here to try and learn and hopefully make sure that it's better for future adoptees. Um, I said, but you know, unfortunately, we are in a place where adoption does need to happen for some children. This raged this person. Um, they said, hey, no, you're... Um, you don't know anything about my story, you're living a lie, you are just adopting just so as you can be selfish. Um, all children belong with their birth families and you can't steal them away just because you want to sort of feed your own appetite. Um now I, I tried again. I, I kept sort of, I kept really quite civil and said, "Hey, look, I can see that I'm upsetting you. I'm really not trying to. Um, I'm afraid I do disagree with you. I think that there there are times when children do need to be removed from their first families um, to keep them safe. I'm really sorry that that has to happen, but I'm." I'm definitely part of the group that agrees that that does need to happen. Um, and again, she came back with a lot of anger. To which I, and this is this is when you can't save them all comes in. She is an adoptee, and she is angry. She has been let down, and I don't know her story, but she's angry um and i i wanted to help but i didn't know how to i didn't know any of her story any of her background or what had made her so angry um and i was trying to sort of delicately say you know I, I thought there's no way I, I'm in a position to be able to ask the question of, hey, why are you so angry? Because clearly there's a lot going on there and I'm not qualified or experienced enough to be able to manage that or support that. And I don't think that she's in a position where she wants my help or support. She certainly didn't ask for it. Um, she just wanted to voice her opinion and she just wanted to let me know that from her opinion, adoption sucks. Um, and hey, she she must have gone through quite quite a lot to to hold that opinion. And I am not here to to judge. Um, so I kind of said, hey, you know, 
I don't know if you're aware, but I've heard that there's quite a lot of support groups for adoptees, um, particularly those who have gone through sort of difficult situations and those who um, perhaps had their stories hidden from them. Um, you know, I, I don't know if perhaps this is something you might be able to access or maybe you're already accessing or maybe you just don't want to um I said, but i don't i don't know what else you you could get from me basically um essentially i don't see us agreeing or or meeting eye to eye on this matter because ultimately i'm a fan of adoption and so is little dude you know i said this to him. um sadly that response didn't go down well either um that response was greeted by a lot of aggression a lot of upset um really really rejecting sort of the notion of of support um you know for a variety of reasons, and, and that's that's this person's prerogative, and that's fine. Um, and it wasn't surprising that this person wouldn't be sort of looking for support, and certainly not prepared to accept any recommendation that I sent their way. And that's that's absolutely fine. Like I say, she didn't ask. <laughs> she wasn't asking for my help. She wasn't asking for my opinion. She just wanted to share hers, um, which is the power and the danger, I guess, of social media. Um, zero accountability, um, 100% freedom. Um, I, I, I went back and said, hey, look, you know, I'm really sorry that I have played a part in upsetting you and clearly I am triggering you. You appear super angry with me and very aggressive with with your responses we aren't going to agree with one another so to be honest i don't actually know what else how else it will benefit you to continue this conversation um and this is me doing this is me chopping onions. <laughs> this is me doing self-care. This is me realising I cannot save them all. There is an adoptee here who has clearly had some rough experiences. I've tried to offer some signposting. I've tried to offer an opportunity to be a soundboard. I've tried to offer an opportunity to open a discussion or a debate so as we can each learn and grow. None of those options were taken up. So this is when self-care comes in. You have to step back and say, actually, what else am I able to offer? And the answer is, nothing. This person 
like I say, it was not asking me for help. But by continuing down the road of continuing in this discussion, I was just going to get dragged into a debate or an argument that ended up making me feel bad. I was never going to be in a position where I could actually alter this person's life or their journey or their experiences. Literally, there's nothing more I can offer and certainly nothing I can do. Does that make me sad? Yes. I have a hero complex. I want to save the world. But can I save the world? Absolutely not. I can't. I can't do it. Because I'm human. And actually, some people don't want to be saved. And, and certainly don't need to be saved. So we can, we can step back and stop. As hard as that is, we can do it. So, my response was, hey, I don't actually think we're going to benefit from continuing down this road. I'm not going to come to your way of thinking, and you're not going to come to my way of thinking. So we're just going to go around in circles. Perhaps it's better if we just part ways and say our goodbyes and, and wish each other well. So I, I send you off and, and wish you all of the best and hope that you have people around you that will look out for you and care for you and give you what you need. I no longer wish to debate with you on um, Obviously, this individual was not, was not happy with that as a response. Um, and came back and, and said, hey, I thought you said you were here to learn and to improve your journey. What a joke. Why, why don't you take your um, condescending, pacifying tone and go away? <laughs> um, and in many ways, touche, because, you know, called me out and managed managed to get exactly what they wanted. I went back <laughs> um, and I responded with, I am open to learning. I'm desperate to learn. And if you want to teach me, I, I'm here to learn. But if you look back at your message thread, I think you'll find that actually you've not been prepared to to teach anything you've not been prepared to open discussion you've actually just been really aggressive with your tone and offensive with your language so i'm a student if you are willing to be a teacher um <laughs> they then came back and said i thought you weren't responding anymore and sent a kiss emoji that is when 
I decided to put the ball down. Now, I don't know if I've ever talked about that analogy before, so I'll just run through it as quickly now. Um, you're on a playground and a child throws a ball in your direction. If you change direction, if you pick up the ball, if you catch the ball, if you interact in any way, shape or form with that ball, you have now entered the game. Whether you like it or not, you're in the game. And what we have to do is we have to find a way to put the ball down. If you have man, if you have picked it up, put it down and step away. And so that actually, I'm not engaging in this. I'm not going to get into this fight because there is zero benefit to this. None of us are going to win. We're just going to go round in circles and it's going to be round in nasty circles. So I'm stepping out. Now, my message of, you're not coming to my way of thinking, I'm not going to come to yours, blah, 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 blah. We may as well part ways. That was me trying to put the ball down. Her response was her throwing the ball at me once again. And I caught it. <laughs> um, I threw it back. Oh, well, no, caught it. And then once again, I put, put the ball down. From this moment on, I shan't be responding to anything that comes through from that individual. Um, I've picked the ball up enough, i played that game, none of us are going to benefit. So, I'm out. Now, I find that one really, really difficult. I find that one really, really difficult because I want to be able to help that individual or at least signpost that individual. Uh, heads up, I'm just about to put all of the chopped stuff into the pan so you're gonna hear sizzling. It is not my skin. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, like I say, I have superhero complex. I wanna help everyone. And I have to accept that I can't. And I really struggle with that. My support is Dad. He's the one who swoops in and he saves me in those moments. He saves me from myself. And he helps me to understand that, hey, do you know what? This person clearly has stuff going on, but you are not the person that can deal with that. So step away. Um, so I have, to, I have to get better at that. For me, I have to get better with those skills. Um, so, yeah, that was that was Twitter one. <laughs> um, I do wish that individual all the best, and I really wish that there was a way to sort of help help them on their journey. And I hope that they 
they find resources that that will help them kind of preachy here but i don't think social media is the answer there um for some people it is uh but i i, I don't i don't think for that individual i don't think that's the way forward i think um i think other things are, are needed but i don't know because i don't know them um then on to the next twitter conundrum <laughs> the next twitter message came through um and this is from <laughs> from a listener who is not aggressive thank you um So I got a, a message through from a listener. I'm not going to give any um, user details because I haven't asked their permission as of yet. So um, they will know who they are and you don't need to know who they are. Stop being so nosy. <laughs> um, so they got in touch and said, hey, you know, been everyone does not say hey at the start of things, do they? <laughs> they said, Hi. I've got, um, we've been approved, um, and there's a discussion around a potential match. Super exciting. Um, and they said, we sort of went, went in to explore it a little bit, find out more. And actually when the social worker delved a little bit deeper, it transpired that they they identified some additional sort of needs um, that this particular individual um, child had um, and that this was probably going to cause difficulties for for this adopter not because they were against it or sort of, but it, it just raised a couple of issues with actually I'm not sure we have the skills to be able to deal with that. And this, this adopter sort of said, you know, how on earth do you cope with that? How do you cope with those moments? Because they said that they're feeling super duper guilty. This is when the title of this episode comes into play yet again. You cannot save them all. We want to. Oh, man, do we want to. And that's really tough when you're searching. And there are some adopters who have been searching for a long time to find the right match. And then they're offered a match and man it's just not right something's not right and they're gonna sit there and go oh maybe maybe it will be okay maybe we should just give it a go because we've been waiting for so long and if we say no to this profile does that mean that the social workers will talk about us and say oh well they couldn't cope with this so they definitely wouldn't be able to cope with that let's just go for it Anyone heard that? Anyone felt that? Not uncommon. And completely understandable. 
Those anxieties are real. Those fears are real. And you sort of say to yourself, no, come on. Why can't we do this? And I, I get it. I really, really get it. Because everything can look right. But then you can just find out that piece of information and go, it, it sucks to say this, but actually this isn't right. And what if this child's been waiting for a long time? What, what if you're their last hope for a family? Oh my goodness, how evil must you be to not take on this child? You're not evil. You have done zero wrong in that situation. I could not be prouder of adopters that stand up and say, I don't think I can do this. There's something not right here. Because if you don't do that, if you don't follow that that thought process, you're going to move into a situation where you say, hey, let, let's give this a go. And that's when we move into the world where breakdowns can happen. That's the mints going in, guys. Sizzle, sizzle. Um, breakdowns will happen. They'll happen in those situations when adopters are trying trying to make a square peg, peg fit in a round hole. And they feel so guilty about saying no that they end up saying yes just because they think that they should. If you have got a reason for this particular adoption or this placement to not work, then voice it. Go with it. Discuss it. Don't be scared of it. Okay. Now, what I would always do is I would always challenge that thinking of yourself and say, mm, okay, we said no, but let's be honest, why have we said no? What was it in particular that came up in this discussion that made us uncomfortable? That is not so as you can talk yourself back into doing it. Not at all. But it's more so as you can then talk with your social worker and say, these were the things that concerned us. This is what we don't feel ready to, to manage and to handle. Now, the more open and honest you are in those conversations, the better the matches might be that are being recommended to you from the social workers. Or it might be that the social worker says, ah, yeah, do you know what? I totally get that. I understand your anxiety. Did you know we had a training that will help you to understand this a lot more? Hey, you've now got yourself a new resource. Maybe this is a, a child that you could consider. Who knows? 
But if you aren't being honest with yourselves first and then your social worker, no one will move forward. Okay? Now, in this particular instance, this individual tells me that the social worker went out and found further information and then came back and was like, hey, um, actually, there's some new stuff here that we need to discuss. So this is a social worker who is fully aware that there is more at play. And do you know what? There might, there might be an issue with this placement. You haven't done anything wrong. Nobody has done anything wrong. It's just maybe not the right one for yourselves. Like I say, if you didn't listen to your gut, if you didn't follow those moments, that's when you are more inclined to go for a match that is not right for you and that is when breakdowns are more likely to happen. Being open, being honest is essential. Now, when we first learned about Little Dude and we heard about all of his background and his experiences, we were told that um, food was an issue and would be an issue for the rest of his life. And Dad sort of he needed a lot more time to digest that because he was like, I, I just don't know if we've got what it takes to, to manage that. We aren't skilled professionals when it comes to food and things like that. I beg to differ. I mean, you can hear this chili, right? It sounds amazing. I am a pro. <laughs> um, but he was right to raise the question. He was right to raise the question of, do we have the skills? Are we going to be able to do this? Can we be good parents to this child? Now, in this instance, if we had have said no, that would have meant that little dude would not have been adopted. Okay, there was nobody else available. But I'll be brutally, brutally honest. Okay, and this is, this is information that I would happily share with little dude. The fact that he was um, at that stage where if it wasn't us, it wouldn't have been adoption. That was not a factor. I, I, want, to, I want to save all children, obviously. Um, but that didn't come into it as a factor for me about taking on little dude. Because there's always a child out there that has had their plan changed and now they haven't got a family, like an adopted family, they're gonna move into long-term foster care. That's happening right here, right now. That is, that's happened today. And that's horrible to think about. You cannot save them all. It's just not possible. You don't have the capacity to deal with every single problem that a child has to face. And if you aren't the person who's got those skills to help that child manage with their trauma or their behaviours or their needs, why would you put them through that? Why, why, would you, why would you ask a child to move into a home where you didn't feel like you could do or meet all of their needs, or at least a vast majority of their needs? 
least if they're going into long-term foster care, they're going to be with people that are going to give them that level of support constantly. It's a tough one. When they show profiles of children who are waiting when I'm delivering training, up until the last year, maybe two, I've had to leave the room. I've had to leave the room because I've wanted to adopt every single one of them. Someone talked to me once about the work that I do, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I refer to these children as my faceless children. Anyone who has studied psychology or is a counsellor is currently assisting me. I, I think of all of those children. So when, when this message came through about this particular child that the placement just wasn't right, that's another faceless child. who I know is out there looking for a home. And I ask myself, not so much anymore, I ask myself, could I have been that home? Could I have been the solution, the answer for that child? The reason I do what I do is because I realized I cannot save them all. I cannot adopt them all. So do you know what I'll do? I'll become a resource. And I'll encourage other people. And I'll help them to consider adoption. And I'll help them to consider adopting those children that are just... Just kind of out of the the world of perfection so I'll always encourage as you know I will always encourage people to consider old children siblings children with disabilities I'm always going to be advocating for the harder to place children I am aware of at least 12 children who have had families identified because of the work that I've done or in part because of the work that I have done that brings me more joy than most things in life because that is 12 children 12 faceless children that got faces and then got families. And that is incredible for me. So for anyone out there in that situation where they are feeling this and you're feeling like, oh man, you know, we were shown a profile, should we go for it? It doesn't feel right, but maybe we should. No. 
It doesn't feel right, and it doesn't feel right. And that's all right. It's okay if it doesn't feel right. You're not bad people. You haven't done anything wrong. In my opinion, you would have done something wrong if you went ahead with it. Because that could have turned really bad for everyone. And it's not worth it. It is not worth it. So, the way I cope, how do I deal with that? Like I say, I put that word out there. I get talking to people about adoption. I celebrate adoption. I cheer about it. When I hear people talking about families, I make sure I'm out there talking about ours. I make sure that I'm sharing our journey to becoming a family. And I'm celebrating how exciting our life is and how it's become possible because we adopted and they could too. I put adoption in people's minds. By doing that, I'm aware of at least three, yeah, at least three people who are now adopting in part because they have heard that it's possible through me. Would they have gone down this path if it wasn't for me? I'm fairly certain. But did I help? I am fairly certain. (laughs) Be a part of it. Celebrate it. Encourage others. Because that child who you had to say no to, someone's going to say yes. It might be a foster carer. But as we discussed previously, that's pretty cool. There are some amazing foster carers out there, and they are the right homes for some of our children. Will it go right 100% of the time? Nope. No, it won't. Can you change that? No. No, you can't. Harsh. Brutal. Yes. True, also yes. I've stopped trying to save them all. I've started trying to save one. One at a time. That's all we can do. We step in. And we save one at a time. That's how I deal with the guilt. 
hopefully that helps you. Hopefully that puts sort of some perspective into how you're feeling. Um, I'm hoping that the start of this episode hasn't been a trigger for anyone. Um, but if it has, please do get in touch. You know, I'm, I am not an oracle. I do not have all of the answers. I am not that guy. But I've been around the world of adoption for long enough now that actually I do know some signposting. I do know some places where I could sort of steer you. So if you are feeling anything like that, please get in touch and I will do everything in my power. As I have just (laughs) said, I'm going to do everything I can to help. I'll help everyone. So if you need something, please get in touch. Um... And I will do what I can to help. And if I can't help, there's a good chance I know somebody that can. So do not suffer in silence. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening in. Um, I really appreciate you listening. It's been a long, old episode. I'm sorry if I've rabbited. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't, don't tell me that. I don't need to know that. (laughs) Um, if you have then you can tell me and tell all of your friends Um, wishing you well hoping you have the very best of weeks um, and looking forward to speaking to you next week Um, I'm doing my um, LGBTQ and allies group next Monday so chances are I won't be recording until Tuesday. So I do apologise if next week is late, as is this one. Sending my absolute best to all of the best. See you later.